Hi, this is Mike Morales, and I want to thank you for tuning in to this episode from the Tequila Aficionado Archives. Hi, you're watching Sipping Off the Cuff on Tequila Aficionado Media on all of our platforms. I'm Mike Morales here in San Antonio. That young man over there is... Matt Metris in Rochester, New York. And Matt and I have had a very unusual uh, tasting so far of this brand, which is called Viva 23. 32. Excuse me. I always get those. <laughs> I always get those 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 numbers wrong. I'm I'm not. I guess I'm dyslexic. But anyway, I'm taking. They, they went with Roman. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and it's a, it's a neat bottle. We we actually the design. I love the artwork. I think we nominated it for Brand of Promise in in, in that category. Um. Now, uh, just just to be on the safe side, this is coming from Destilleria Leiros. That is the what was it uh, the gnome is fourteen uh, fourteen eighty nine. Uh, for those of you who are watching us, this this particular distillery also makes Republic Tequila. It also makes, uh, and I I showed this on camera during the Blanco. It makes this brand Don Fermin, and one that Matt serves on occasion. And also Casa Dragones. Casa Dragones. On rare occasions. Yeah, there are Now, now you said you said that a a, sh a shot and of Casa Dragones goes for how much at your restaurant? Thirty five dollars. Thirty five. Okay, so for five bucks for five bucks more, you could have the whole Hoven bottle. <laughs> yep. That's craziness, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um. I was struck by the by the aroma of the of the nose. We, uh, I, I dug up my POS material that the, that the PR company was, you know, really nice enough to send this to us. Uh, I believe that. Let me let me find the name of the company that made this happen because we've got to give them kudos for reaching out to us. Uh, the name of the PR company is Janice McCafferty PR, and uh, they were really cool to, to bring this out to us. Very you know, nice presentation. Uh, lots of neat information. Now the. The there's a this is a woman brand owner, and mm. she is a huge philanthropist, particularly where it comes to animal abuse. Uh, I have if you Google her, you probably find a lot of information on Yvonne uh, Naomi. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's spelled like Miami, only with an N. Um, I, I guess the the story goes that that uh, she wanted to create a tequila that wasn't going to you know, cost you an arm and a leg. And for purposes of her charities, because she's a big philanthropist. So it's not like she, she's not your average brand owner, not like other brand mm -hmm. owners who need to make a living. You know, she's, she's very well off and, and, and known, well known for her, her charity work. So it's not like she has to, you know, she's in a unique position in the spirits industry. Uh, so, uh, be that as it may, um, I think Matt broke down. Do the 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 breakdown of of how much goes where with her charities. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot of unique things going on with this brand uh, in and of itself. Uh, being woman owned is not something we see very often. Hovens we rarely ever see on the market. Uh, we don't see a lot of diffuser brands, but there are 
some on the market. But one of the other neat things that they're doing here is on their website, on their POS material, they have a breakdown of, of where all the money goes in a bottle. So if you go to the liquor store and buy a $45 bottle, you have no idea where that $45 is going, right? You know, But here they break it down for us. So $4 went into the production of the tequila, $2.50 went into the bottle, $4 went into taxes, $22 was into markup, and that gets broken down between the importer, the distributor, the retailer, uh, and then $10 is the cut that they take at Viva 32. Um, so it's really interesting to see that transparency. It's something that almost no brand will tell you how much money they're making on a specific bottle of tequila. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, I, I think that the 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 tequila is is the 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 means to the end. And her end right. was to was to uh, every bottle sold. You know, it says 10% of the net proceeds we donate to animal abuse prevention. And that's what she's known for. So, uh, you know, kudos to her. I, I think that a very noble, um, it, it's very noble uh, effort, you know, on, on her part. Um, she also picked, a, a from what I consider, a very reputable uh, distiller who doesn't hide the fact that he has a diffuser. Um, Matt mentioned that, that just recently he went to Mexico and took the, the Sousa tour. And, and you said that they didn't let you take pictures of the diffuser? No, they definitely will not let you take any pictures, even in the room where the diffuser is. And they have autoclave and some stills in that room, too. Uh, they are very protective of that. Um, yes, yeah, but and if you said you... how big is this thing? It's as big as a train, I... right? I believe it's about as wide as a train, maybe more. It's, it's two stories high. It's about 75 feet long. Wow. Uh, it's just, it's a monster. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like and, a, a, a uh, uh, it was like a custom built for them, I think, pro I would imagine. I assume, I mean, Sousa does a lot of volume too. So, you know, I don't know how, if, how big the diffuser they're using here is versus the Sousa one. Um, you know, I'm sure they have a giant one in the Cuervo Distillery too, somewhere hidden in the back. You know, but well, not it's not uh, not at La Rojena. The, it's probably in Los Camachinas, the other one that that sure. now they're all under the same nom. And no one's ever seen Las Camachinas. That's where they that's where they were making. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I think they they made uh, what was the name of that tequila? Oh my gosh, it used to be one of my favorite uh, uh, reposados to sip. Um, it's the one with the angel on it. But anyway, uh, regardless, that's that's mm -hmm. we suspect that's where the diffuser is. I mean, you can't hide these things. I, I, no, I mean, <laughs> you can probably see it from Google Maps. You know, you can get that and see this thing. But anyway, right? Um, I think she picked she she picked a wonderful means to an end. And I'm gonna we're gonna pop open this. Um, we tried the the the. Uh, uh, we tried the the original Hoven version, and I was struck by the nose. I really enjoyed the nose. It had a really interesting nose. Um, Absolutely. Look at this cork. It's very woody. Look at look at this cork. Is this like a? It looks like a pressed, like a recycled. Maybe it's even agave. Who knows? I wonder yeah. what the cork is made from. I know. It, I mean, it looks cork. It's the plug itself is synthetic. But the cork looks like actual cork. Yeah. That's cool. I've never seen. I mean, it, it's yeah. obviously light. You know, uh, saves on packaging and, and boxing and things like that. 
uh, got a neck tag with the information on it. So it looks mm -hmm. like, you know, like clothing, like a clothing neck tag. Yeah. And with a picture of the dog. Everything's got the picture of the yeah, Phil. Phil, Phil the dog. dog, right? So <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour some of this reposado in, in my, my Riedel. All right. I'm using a Libby tequila glass for this one. And I don't use these very often. Uh, I broke my other reel. You made these. Yeah, it's very rocks glassy. It's got a little bit of a curvature to it. Uh huh. Uh, but I got a set of these, I think, for Christmas. Um, and they're actually and it's not, glasses. They're 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 marketed as tequila glasses, and they're not like any other tequila glass that I've ever used. Uh, or like they have a, a slight curve, like a Glencairn, but not anywhere to the extreme of that. Uh, and the mouth. Is, is significantly wider than a Rito glass. How's the glass itself? Because Libby makes thick glass. I mean, it's, it's heavy. It's heavy. And you can heavy. see there's a little bit of like a punt at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's substantial. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a sturdy glass. It's definitely. Okay. Uh, it it might be better suited to like whiskey on the rocks, but um, we'll give it a try for this. Give it a vodka rocks. Yeah, give it a shot. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to find out what you think. Yeah. She's got some some thicker legs that compared to the Hoven. Yeah, definitely have a good coating. My lighting here is not the greatest. I'm kind of stuck in a corner here, but uh, yeah, the legs and tears are are a little bit better than than they were in the Hoven. They're clingier, from what I can yeah. see. Yeah. Just spilled some reposado on my keyboard, so hopefully that'll uh, not not be problematic. Hey, it's t it's still alcohol. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Clean it up. <laughs> now um let's see the 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 pos says how many months is this rested because i i know that they're using uh six, american so oak. six months in american oak barrels yeah wow. i think you, you said they were new american oak it doesn't say on here specifically uh, i'm not sure if it's new but i know they said american oak yeah, um, I have seen pictures of of uh, in, in, Enrique Legorreta is the the owner of the distillery, and I've seen pictures of of his barrel room slash office. It's gorgeous. It's a beautiful barrel room. Oh, I'm sure. So I, I can imagine that that his um, uh, his barrel management is where where he really shines. But I gotta tell you, you know, if it came down to this or Salsa or El Himador, I would go here. Absolutely. Now there's that still that sweetness in the nose, mm -hmm. but it's I definitely can... not as overwhelmingly aromatic as the Hogan was. That one really just hits you with this woody, piney yeah, vegetation yeah. smell, and this one is more subtle. Balanced out with some sweetness from like caramel and vanilla kind of barrel notes. It's very light. I mean, it's almost like a straw color for six months. Yeah. It's almost as if uh, this was an older barrel, maybe. Could be, yeah. Mm -hmm. One thing I'm noticing with this particular glass, too, is, is the ethanol is much more overpowering. And I don't know if that's really? because of the glass or than it was with the, with the Hoven. Now, you didn't... Uh, I just broke the seal on mine. I haven't had a chance to taste it beforehand, and I think neither did you, right? 
No, I did not. I just opened them before we started taping. Okay, yeah. So this is literally sipping off the cuff. We have not had a chance to try this prior to going on camera. Now, I will tell you that the reposado that I smell here is reminiscent of the reposado that that we tasted with uh, with the, the Republic tequila. And the funny thing was, mm -hmm. Matt, when we went through the entire line, they have a they went from Blanco to Extrañejo. The reposado mm -hmm. for us, for Alex and myself, was the weakest of the line. The 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 actual the the actual uh, brand itself shined in mm -hmm. in añejo and extrañejo. This is this this nose that I'm getting reminds me a lot of the nose of the of the. You know, the Republic tequila, and we thought it was the weak link in the in the brand. Sure, I see that sometimes in a lot of lines that do a blanco really well, do an añejo really well, and the repo is just sort of not that great. And you kind of wonder what happened there, you know? Well, you know, especially this year, we've and I've spoken to this with several of the other tasters, and, and maybe even with you. The Reposado this year, 2017, is like the year that the Reposado made a statement. It's mm -hmm. it, it's very, it's this is very rare to have a Repo uh, fall flat on its face or fail slightly, you know where where you think the natural progression is going to be. Sure. Uh, if I were to if I were to judge the two together, I prefer the Hoven just because I love the nose on the Hoven. Yeah, it was a great nose. It had it had like the like I said those gin qualities that that the very aromatic and even it even said it, we looked at the flavor notes off camera and it said it had like uh, notes of yerba buena which is basically spearmint. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't get that, but we got other stuff on it. Yeah, totally, totally. So what do you think? Do you think the wow? It must be unusual in that glass. I I, I really would like to be the fly on the wall to smell it off of that glass. Yeah, I mean, right. I didn't even know Libby had one, honestly. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't honestly know that either. And, and we get a lot of Libby glasses at work. We actually have uh, flutes <laughs> from yeah, Libby yeah. that we use for well, tequila glasses. I used to sell. And Libby. this used, is yeah. yeah. Libby, you know, when I was in the food business, we I sold paper, food, and chemicals. And Libby is just it's restaurant glassware. It's known to stand mm -hmm. up to washing after washing. Absolutely. Um, but uh, and that's. You know, with with, with, the, with the new glassware that's out there, it makes sense mm -hmm. that they would come up with you know wine glasses and specialized glasses. Absolutely, and one of the problems I would say with the real is that it's very fragile glass when you're washing it. Um, you know, and you, you you don't want to put it in the dishwasher and you wash it by hand and they break really easily. And yep. you knock so, it over and it's it's history. You know. Yeah. All right, well, let's taste this, this guy. And see All right. Uh, it's definitely thin like the uh, Hoven was. I uh, get some citrus right up in the front. Yeah, honestly. I did too. Um, I'm gonna have to retaste this, and I and I mm -hmm. actually rinsed out with vodka, like I said I did. Mm -hmm. um, so they're saying a hint of toasted nuts lend a crisp, buttery balance 
medium finish of vanilla and floral notes create a well-rounded, refined, and delicate taste. So I'm not finding any of that. Me but neither. <laughs> uh, I am getting uh, the same bitterness on the edges. Yes. That we got. Uh, that uh, we speculate is a byproduct of the production process, mm-hmm. um, and a little bit of a spiciness, like a like a pepper that was like a, that was present in the Hoven too. Yes, the pepper is there, but I'm not getting any of those notes that they're claiming that they have. Yeah, um, I can find like a hint of butter, maybe, but yeah, but the butter that's... the butter that I get, I'm going to tell you right now. You ever microwave popcorn? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know how when you're microwaving it, the whole kitchen starts to smell like microwave popcorn? Yeah. That's the butter that I'm getting. Yeah, like an artificial butter right. additive. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's our show, folks. <laughs> Have a good night. Have a good night. Thank you. And happy, you know, happy tequila day. Uh, yeah, it is National Tequila Day. Yes, so, it is. Uh, so we're, we're, you know, we're like we're telling people you're drink we're drinking this so you don't have to uh, yeah but tell me uh, explain to the folks who are not aware of what a diffuser does because you did a great reader's digest explanation sure for, for for the average person that walks up to you and says hey matt I, I i heard this is made with a diffuser what is it what does it do yeah so a diffuser like we mentioned is this giant machine and you take the uncooked agave pinas uh, and basically blast them with high-pressure steam and sulfuric acid, grind them to pieces, extract all the juice, filter out the acid, and then you cook the juice in an autoclave. And this whole, the whole process, start to finish, takes about three hours. And it's a huge time saving compared to the next quickest method, which would be an autoclave and a shredded roller mill, which will take you anywhere from 18 to 24 hours start to finish. Uh, and, and a monumental time saving compared to a brick oven and a tahona wheel, which will take you days. So, if for an, from an economic standpoint, uh, you're saving a lot of money uh, using the diffuser, uh, which is why brands that use a diffuser tend to gravitate towards that, uh, especially if you're trying to market your tequila at a lower price point, uh, as we see with like the Sousas and the El Jimador and and those sort of things are all in the 20 and under range so um so that there's there's your reader's digest explanation it's, yeah. just, it's just a matter of economics it's faster it gets the product out to the to to the public faster uh the price points are lower and you don't you don't pay an arm and a leg um there's a few other you know some people call it a, a shortcuts you know, you don't. Uh, if you look at the Stelaria Leidos, that you could find their videos on YouTube. Uh, also, you can read about them uh, on Tequila Aficionado. Uh, they were very upfront and open with information. Um, they don't. Uh, they don't have as many employees. It's not as mm-hmm. the 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 manual labor is kept down to a minimum. Sure. So. You know that's good for the distillery. It's just great for your bottom line if that's what you're worried about. In this case, in 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 uh, Yvonne's case, I think it, the tequila is a means to an end, and and she set out to, to to accomplish something, and she did. And more power to her because you she'll tell you exactly where the money's going, 
and where the, where the money for the charity goes. And that's what her, that's her bottom line. So as I said earlier, she's in a unique position. She's, you know, not like Guillermo Sousa or Herman Gonzalez or, or, or the Camarenas that need to make a living making mm. traditional tequila. And it takes a much longer time. It's a longer process. Those names I mentioned, those guys have been in it for the long haul. They have pedigree. They know mm. it's not something that you can do overnight. Right. You know, and, and so there you go. I, I think if anybody wants to experiment with what the big deal is with diffuser tequilas, I think this is a really good example mm -hmm. of, of the type of quality diffuser that you get, you know, when you, when you try something like this. Uh, of the two, I think Matt would agree with me. I think the, the, the Hoven is the star of the show. Absolutely. And I was just saying, I'd like to see how the Hoven mixes into a margarita. Yeah. Because I, I think I with those aromatics, that would make a really interesting margarita. I think so, too. Or even like a mix it as a gin and tonic or something. Because yeah. it's really got those, uh, it's got that aromatic botanical thing mm -hmm. going on for it that some mezcals have, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm wondering if you could substitute it for anything that requires gin. Probably, yeah. Like a martini or something. I, I don't yeah. know. Gimlet, maybe. A gimlet? There you go. Yeah. Yeah, you're the bartender. You tell me. But, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not much of a cocktail guy, so I rely on guys like you who, who you know, have made several of these and go, okay, well, I think I can work with this. Yeah. Um, let us know, please. If yeah, totally. There's, if, there's a, if there is a, a typical, you know, uh, uh, cocktail where something like this would shine, then you know, maybe it's not a bad thing. And you yeah. know that ten percent of your money is going to go to charity. So life is good. Yeah, absolutely. I think absolutely. I think it's a I think it's a worthy brand to support a charity. It's probably great for charity functions. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's affordable. Yeah, definitely. There's lots of pluses. Uh, again, that's our take on Viva. 32. <laughs> 32. <laughs> uh, you know, and we mentioned last time the bottle is really neat. Looking. The bottle it's, is it's... very cool, very unique. I love the design. It photographs very, very well. So, um, uh, and, and I don't know, I'd love to know more about this cork. I, I, I would like to know more about the cork. Yeah, definitely. Because I don't know if that's agave paper, agave pulp. But it, it seems to mm -hmm. be uh, uh, from recyclable and, and it's hands, it stands up really it doesn't, you know, it's very sturdy. So what can I tell you, man? I think... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this works out over time, too, because you see a lot of these two-part corks where the top will come off right. after a lot of repeated opening and closing. So this one, it seems sturdy. Yeah, sort of stuff like that. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, what can I tell you? That's, that's our take with Matt Metris. I'm Mike Morales here in San Antonio. Matt, you're you're particularly where in New York? Uh, Rochester, New York. Rochester, and mm. um, you know you've been watching Sipping Off the Cuff on Tequila Aficionado Media, all of our platforms. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you happen to be listening or watching. Okay, uh, as we like to say here, tomar sabiamente. Sip one.